Well, welcome back, everyone, to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. I'm Donna Harris-Richards, L-I-C-S-W and C-S-T. That's ASECT Certified Sex Therapist. Here with my wonderful and lovely producer, Vicki. Hey, Vicki, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. And today we're going to be talking about keys to successful relationships. R-R-R. Uh, <laughs> punny. So punny. But first, what I'd like to do is just say the mission of our program here, um, the mission of Sex and Couples Therapy with uh, Donna Harris-Richards, certified sex therapist, is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. We go for annual mammograms, gynecological exams, and prostate exams for physical sexual health. We owe ourselves a checkup on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and overall wellness. Isn't that lovely? That is lovely. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, um, I wanted to just mention before I forget, because I forget a lot, um, there was a great article in the New York Times Magazine this past Sunday, which was, I think, the 25th. Is that right? Is that what Sunday was? Um, 25th of, uh, yep. Uh, so anyway, everybody go to the New York Times magazine and look for, um, I think the article was called Sex and Aging, and it talked about uh, sexual health into our 60s and 70s and beyond. That's awesome. Yeah, and there were, I think it was Maggie Jones, the writer, um, and it's kind of a lovely little breakthrough um, into the sort of mainstream world about sexuality and and aging and being older because I think quite often people think old people don't have sex. <laughs> I don't know what you think, but um, you know, it's, <laughs> it, that's a myth. And it, it, I feel like it breaks the myth and, and she did a really good job, the writer and uh, my mentor um, and uh, clinical consultant and someone I studied with for years and, and still consult with was quoted in the article. Um, his name is Stephen Duclos. He's up in Quincy and um, he's, just amazing and uh he worked on this article with her for about a couple of years and um it's really well done i mean she quotes a fair amount of the the folks that i base a lot of my study and work on uh peggy kleinplatz who we're going to talk about today helen singer kaplan um all, all kinds of just wonderful um folks and so check it out it's really good that's awesome yeah 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 so what have you been up to my dear it's been a little while. It's been a little while. Um, I recently started to sew. <laughs> really? What are you sewing? Um, I'm starting with a little bit of an ambitious project. Whoa. But I'm, tr- I'm just trying to modify a shirt. But I'm trying to modify a shirt by adding these very, very extra, very dramatic, long, like, witchy bell sleeves to it i love it yeah yeah and it's a lot harder than it looks oh i trying to figure out how to attach a shoulder is hard (laughs) i bet that is so cool yep i love that you're thinking that you know know what that reminds me of that reminds me of um oh my goodness fleetwood max singer stevie nicks stevie nicks thank you i was gonna say nikki steves (laughs) 
<laughs> Stevie Nicks. You know, I, Vicky, as you know, I'm a singer and, and I do gigs and uh, my husband and I actually play together. And my vision for my out, my stage outfit always was something like that with those sleeves. So that's it's cool. It's a very Stevie Nicks idea that I have for the shirt. Yeah. I love it. So I went to Joanne Fabrics. I got some some fabric for it. It's a shirt that I already had, so I'm just trying to modify a shirt I already had. Mm. It's a tank top, which is hard because you have to add. There's nothing to attach it to, to really. It's very small uh, straps. So I'm trying to reconstruct this entire shirt with, I don't know. It's a lot of YouTube. That's so great. Isn't YouTube great for that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. It's a wealth of knowledge. Let me do you have a vision for where you're going to wear this beautiful, uh, fashionable piece? My friend's birthday, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. She's having a, she's having a winter witchy themed birthday. So. Oh, that's yeah. great. Can I ask what the yeah. color is? White. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Winter white, of course. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, this is part of the idea of creating a, a, a wonderful life for yourself is is doing exactly that is having things to look forward to right yeah and, and then doing interesting things in the meantime makes us interesting people makes us more interesting in relationship makes for a happy life well my grandmother used to sew all the time she used to make all of my mom and my aunts and my uncle's clothes and she used to make her own dresses and all that stuff so i was like mm. i want to try it's my 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 next project is a is a dress, but I'm gonna start with sleeves. <laughs> How are you? That's great. That's great. Good, good, good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Uh, you know, in the middle of the darkest, coldest part of winter, um, yeah. you know, we're walking every day. I tell you what, walking is my it's my church. People, um, <laughs> walking is so great, and I'm also um, learning Italian. That's so exciting. Yeah. So uh, I suddenly thought to myself, you know what? I'm going to Italy. Uh, We haven't been in 20 years, uh, 20 years this year. So, and I've always had this dream to visit my little family village in uh, the Basilicata region of southern Italy in the province of Potenza. Um, And the the little village, I believe, is called Lucania. And it's a, it's a little hilltop village where my uh, grandmother and grandfather came over on the boat, you know, when they were both 18 to America. And uh, yeah, I just have been wanting to go back there and check it out. And I don't know if I mentioned this uh, ever, but, you know, as I started looking into this before COVID a few years ago, I thought, okay, where could we stay when we go to the little village? And <laughs> I'm looking online and suddenly I find a B&B with my maiden name. My maiden name is Bianculi, so it's Dona Maria Bianculi, and I found this little place called Holiday Home Bianculi in Lucania, in Potenza, no in, in this region, and I'm thinking, wow, I wonder if these people are related. So this will be just an interesting uh, foray into what's going on over there, and I just thought, oh, sorry, I'm banging the mic here. Still recording at home, folks, banging the mic. Um <laughs> So I, uh, yeah, I just thought, let me, let me brush up. I mean, I'm beginner Italian, you know, I'm not anything fancy at all, but it's kind of fun. I'm working with Duolingo, that app. I love Duolingo. Do you? You know it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was doing um, Arabic through Duolingo. 
<gasps> Arabic? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, that's, wow, that's yeah. hard. Isn't that hard? Yeah, <laughs> it is hard. But I, I took it in school. My mm. dad speaks Arabic. I'm Lebanese, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. So do you understand it and speak it, read it, write Very it? Very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Very poorly. Very but, uh, poorly. Yeah, uh, I remember. I can, I can I rem- get by. <laughs> when I was in Morocco, all the signs would be in either French or Arabic. Yeah. Yeah, so wow. But Italian, Italian's such a beautiful language, too. Yeah, it's a little easier, probably, than Arabic. It's certainly easier than Greek. (laughs) I mean, because we spend tons of time in in Greece. Greek is hard. Greek is Greek Greek to me, right? Um, So, but, and then I also discovered, uh, my girlfriend turned me on to Memorize. That's another one. I think it's called Memorize. Memories, Memorize. Um, Yeah, and that's kind of fun because they show people on the street in Italy. You know, like the guy That's on the funny. sidewalk in front of the beautiful building, you know, testing you, yeah. saying, uh, you know, how do you say, uh, well, woman is Donna, right? Or how do you say man, Uomo, you know? So there, there's like video of these just people on the street. It's really cool. So, um, yeah, so we're thinking about that, planning that. Um, what else? Uh, you know, you know, as Mark Twain said, travel is the way toward dismantling prejudice. And I always think that it's so cool to be exploring other cultures and, you know, like like the Lebanese culture, right? Or, you know, <laughs> Greece or Morocco or these, you know, wonderful exotic yeah. foreign places where we realize we're more connected than we think we are. You know, we're all just humans, right? Looking for pleasure and to get through and enjoy life and enjoy our families yeah. and all that good stuff. Um, and the other thing that's been really exciting uh, is sort of on the science front. With the, Did you see the James Webb telescope go up? No, I missed it. And all the women leaders there over at uh, NASA exactly. make, making things happen. Yeah, it's, it was so cool. They launched it, I think, I feel like it was on Christmas Day maybe or shortly thereafter. Maybe. I might be getting this wrong, but it's finally reached where it it was meant to uh, sort of reach, a million miles out, I think. Um, forgive me, everyone, if I'm getting all this wrong, but uh, but it really is exciting, <laughs> um, and they're going to be able to sort of look back f- the farthest ever into you know sort of space and figure out right. possibly about the Big Bang at this point in time. Um, you know, the Hubble was great, but this is even more interesting um space is cool science is cool (laughs) yeah right i mean it's really fascinating stuff and speaking of that yesterday sorry i won't go on um but they (laughs) they made a discovery of a death star they think it's a death star or a white dwarf that's they've never seen it before it's pulsating every 18 minutes and they oh, don't wow. they don't understand really where it's coming from. Now this has nothing to do with the James Webb telescope, but normally when they see white dwarfs or these things out there, they're they're either rapidly pulsating or they're pulsating super slowly. This is the first one they've ever seen that's pulsating every 18 minutes. <laughs> it's like wow. So, anyway, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. And you know, that's that's what I'm doing in my life beyond, you know, working and volunteering and, you know, all that stuff that that we do. So, all right, so shall we start to talk a little bit about the keys to successful relationships? Let's. Yeah, all righty. So, um, you know, uh, speaking of Peggy Kleinplatz, I want <clears throat> to... 
<clears throat> oh, excuse me here. Um, I'm going to start with a quote. Uh, well, a couple of quotes. Um, one is, she says, um, you have to feel safe enough to be wild. I think that's a nice way to start. Um, I think, I, I think nice. you like that? I like yeah. that. I think sometimes we think safety isn't sexy. Um, mm. But... But you look, you know, we talk about consent, right? How import, all important consent is. Um, and, you know, running things by your partner, making sure, you know, you're on the, a similar page. You're, you're not going to be on the same page 40% of the time. You know, we got to remember that 60-40 rule. But we can, uh, for good communication's sake and, and all of that, um, this idea of, of feeling safe and being safe is very important for people to relax a bit. Um, now, does, do relationships raise anxiety when we have differences? Yes. And then the work around that is learning how to manage the conflict, right? Tolerate our anxiety, very important. But also, you know, again, this idea of, of feeling safe allows us to be a little more wild. Um, so I wanted to just start with that. And, and I also want to talk a little bit about sex worth wanting, um, so keys to successful relationships, right? I mean, when we're with an intimate partner, um, you know, we, we initially, it's sort of easy because it's hormonal and it's new and it's novel and it's therefore more erotic. But, you know, over time, how do we sort of keep it going in the midst of, you know, the hormones sort of waning a bit over the first, right, year and a half, two years. You know, we have to put effort in. Um, and this is going to relate a little bit to the New York Times Magazine article, right? Because people in their 60s and 70s in relationships are very experienced in how to make relationships work if they're in one long term. And for you, my dear, getting married this year, right? comes to mind she was just saying actually i'm sorry i have to digress for a second i was asking what's new earlier so well you know i went and picked up my wedding dress and and i'm like what wait a minute hold on <laughs> so you've got so she's got the wedding dress right moving into the marriage I have my dress it's downstairs so i are you, are you going to show it to me sometime i hope or no yes i'll show you i'll show oh, you okay thank you um i hope you can say no it's okay to say no if you don't want i'll to show you oh okay. i love my dress i'll show it to anybody that asks except <laughs> okay. for except for my fiance are you gonna sew sleeves on that dress maybe no 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 no, no. she's leaving that to the experts yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway speaking of you know sort of moving into right the the, the marriage and the the committed relationships and all of that, it's just really important to be, as the article speaks about and as Kleinplatz does, and all these fabulous writers and people who know so much about sexual health and intimacy and relationships, um, that that over time we really want to make sure that the sex we're having is worth wanting. This is a Peggy Kleinplatz idea. It's also, uh, there's a, a Martha Kalpi out there now who's an, an ASEC certified sex therapist. Her book is on my website, the one about polyamory. Um, mm. it's, uh, you know, she's really good. I mean, she doesn't just deal with polyamory. I mean, she deals with couples in committed relationships. Um, and, uh, you know, she talks quite a bit about this idea that I think is just wonderful about sex worth wanting. Cause who wants to go back to bad sex? Right. I mean, it's like no going way. to a restaurant and the food is just not good. Are you going to go back there? No, no. 
<laughs> so, so this idea of so this idea of uh, Kleinplatz talks about the the sexual relationship death spiral. It's really uh, an interesting thing. I know it sounds kind of dark and negative, but it, it's it's important to be looking at this spiral. She has it on a page in her book uh, called Magnificent Sex, and you see it's literally a spiral that kind of takes you down into this sort of sinkhole of of not pleasurable experiences with your partner, right? And, and we don't want that. And usually that's when people are coming in to see me. They're sort of, they've fallen into this kind of roommate syndrome um, and they don't know why and they don't know how to get out of this sort of spiral that's taken them down. Um, and some of that has to do with kind of increasing episodes of mediocre sex, you know, and therefore then lowered arousal during sex. And then low satisfaction after sex, right? And then, you know, continuing on in this way of, you know, for the lower desire partner, just sort of having sex because you don't want your partner to feel dejected, you know? And this is not, it's like going to the restaurant and, you know, ordering the hamburger because you feel so bad for them and don't want them to go out of business. This is not a good way to have a relationship, right? With your, with the, your local restaurateur or your significant <laughs> other, you know? So anyway, so, so let me get to um, the nine things that she talks about. And we'll, we'll be doing this in two parts today. We'll be doing uh, probably, I don't know, four or five in the first part and four or five in the second part. Um, so what people report as sex worth wanting, right? Whether, you know, they're identifying as heterosexual um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, you know, queer, intersex, allied, you know, kinky, vanilla, whatever. Everybody says the same thing as they get older. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like I'm ready to go. Me, 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 me. Okay. So number one, <laughs> intense, <laughs> intense. <laughs> Hello. Sorry. Number number one, people, Sorry. I know we're just having fun over here. People want an intensity of sexual arousal, right? I mean, that makes it worth wanting. Now, look, it's not going to be like that every time. Um, we just got to get with the program that it's not always going to. But how about wrapping your head and your mind and your brain and your body around sort of being open to different experiences, you know? Um I'm thinking of this now as I'm saying this, but it's kind of like when my hubby and I go to Greece, we never know what we're going to get with the weather. Because we usually go, you know, sort of late spring or fall, and it could be cold, it could be warm, it could be really windy, it could be not so windy. So just getting into the habit of just sort of embracing what is, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like uh, like being a runner. Um I don't know if you run, or but but you're an athlete, right? You're an athlete, Vicky. So you know the idea of you never know kind of who's going to show up when you put on that that suit and you get out on the field, right? I mean, are you going to have a great game, or is there something unpredictable that may happen and you don't have control over necessarily? Yeah, you never know if you're going to have a good day, a bad day. You can practice as much as you want, but the second you step on the pitch, it it all changes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and I think if we know that we're not always happy about that necessarily, but if we know that that's the reality of life, I think it sets our realistic expectations better, mm -hmm. you know, more realistically, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> so let's see the yeah intensity of sexual arousal, this idea of sex worth wanting, right? Um, the second thing people report as as 
part of sex worth wanting. Number two is sort of the focus and concentration during sexual activity. Um, so, you know, she says in her wonderful book about magnificent sex, she says, um, the results of our research suggest that sex is both less, for example, less constricting, less formulaic, less genitally oriented, and more, for example, more open to everyone, more freeing than myths would have us believe, you know. So, you know, magnificent sex, sex worth wanting is not the stuff of tips and tricks and techniques shown in movies of young lovers, right? We're sold this kind of Hollywood myth. Um, she says, it's much better than that. It's the stuff that dreams are made of and when cultivated can grow over a lifetime. And essentially it takes effort, it takes um, energy, it takes devoting oneself to sort of spending time and skills to making yourself a, a great lover to your lover. And I know that that might hmm. sound grandiose, but it's really pretty simple. You know, people, you know, sometimes I hear clients say, you know, it happened recently, a young man said, um, I don't feel like I know how to be a great lover I never sort of got the memo or learned those lessons. And I said, well, the, the great thing is, you know, there your partner is sitting right next to you. You can just ask your partner what turns them on. And then you are a great lover to your partner. You don't have to be a great lover to anybody else. You know. Yeah. So, um, again, the sort of, you know, we did that, those podcasts one time around those, those myths, um, you know, myths that come out of societal messages we get, you know, messages in mm, sort of our spiritual experiences and religion and all that stuff that, that just kind of aren't true, that sort of work against our biological, uh, natural mm, presentation on this planet. So um, it's really important to break that down and, and sort of accept that we're born with body parts that feel good, and that's good. And children should know that. I mean, children, you know, we're not born with shame, right? We're not, we're not born being embarrassed. We learn that stuff over time in, in the systems that we move through, whether it's family of origin, whether it's school, whether it's society, community, you know, that stuff gets learned, right? So we can unlearn that. And that's my job to help people unlearn the stuff that's constricting them and, and, and uh, um, getting in the way of pleasure. Um, trust, that, that's an important one. You know, I think that's the safety piece, right? When you trust your partner, um, other things like emotional accessibility to our partners. So, so the third uh, thing that people report as sex worth wanting is emotional opening up during sex. So that could just be as simple as eye contact. You know, that can be as simple as just looking at your partner and kind of drinking them in or just, just being present, not even drinking them in, just being present in the moment. Mind, you know, this sensate focus stuff that I prescribe to my clients is, is a mindful pleasure practice that takes the emphasis or the uh, goal off of orgasm or penetrative intercourse and puts it simply on pleasure, what feels good. And what, what's pleasurable, whether you're giving or receiving. You know, and reciprocity, that's another 
piece of all of this, you know, knowing how to sort of be reciprocal with your partner. Um, something I want to say <laughs> that Kleinplatz and Menard say from 2007, the good news remains that being sexually functional is not necessary for optimal sexual experiences. The bad news is that being sexually functional is not sufficient for optimal sexual experiences. <laughs> she smiles, that knowing smile. <laughs> right? Isn't that an interesting quote? Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, if we're sexually functional, if everything's working, functioning, great. But that's not enough for that connection that people are looking for, right? Yeah. So she goes on to say, magnificent sex requires growing beyond the conventional sex scripts most people learn in their youth. Disappointing sex lives can change. Oh, I love that. And a, why do I love that? Because I have people coming in saying, it's been like this for so long. We've, we've been not having sex for months and years. And I just don't think this is going to change. And I say, well, you've come to the right place <laughs> because it can. Most definitely it can. You know, and the myth around this, I think, that gets people coming in the door saying that is that we all think, we're taught that sex comes naturally, right? The desire comes naturally. The arousal comes naturally. Well, this is just not true. Is it natural in the beginning because your partner is somebody new and hot and therefore you know if novel and erotic yeah sure but again you know we desensitize to anything new over time you know that fabulous and magnificent new restaurant you know after a while even that becomes boring yep so um all right let me keep going here it's like it's like going to the same place on vacation all the time right i mean to spike dopamine we have to go somewhere different um so the fourth one uh, fourth key to successful relationships ha, 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 is the pleasure i provide to my partner um yeah and so the pleasure that i provide to my partner is this idea that um we can experience pleasure giving right um, we can certainly experience pleasure receiving, but, but the reciprocity thing I think is important. Um, and knowing, you know, the other thing is people always say, well, they don't always say, but sometimes I hear my clients say, I want my partner to find this pleasurable, right? So that turns people on. If my partner's getting excited, that turns us on. So we have to find out what turns them on. We have to get curious and be interested. Very important. So, um, I think that Vicky is looking at me saying, let's wrap this up for today. Um, I hope this was interesting. Is that right, Vicky? She's giving me the high sign. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is, this is our uh, uh, wrap up to part one of Keys to success, Successful Relationships. Um, I want to just leave on this note about sort of this is a, an emotional workout, right? It's a, it's a kind of a spiritual workout. Um, you know, this is existential stuff in, in nature. Uh, existential in nature. And so we're going to talk more about it in part two coming up. Um, so, so hang in there with us, folks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're going to move on and say goodbye for now, but we'll see you next time or hear, hear from us next time in part two. Um, 
Again, remember that, you know, you can find me on Facebook at the Sex and Couples Therapist. On Instagram, you can find me at the Happy Ending Therapist. Feel free to call the office at 508-990-9909. The website is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. And remember, everybody, to always make time for pleasure, play, and passion. See you next time. Mm-hmm.